0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good morning. This is the Surveyor's Hour
1: on America's Web Radio. Uh, My name is Jeff Lucas. I'm your host. Uh, I am a land surveyor and attorney at law, and we will be talking about surveying for the next hour, talking about surveying and surveyors. Uh, As always, your questions and comments are welcome. Um we would I'd like for you to send them to me at Jeff at America's dot com. I do get uh some responses uh from um people. Um and I don't know whether I'm you know, to use them on over the uh over the on the show or not. So uh I'd like to respond to some of the stuff I'm hearing back from people but um Uh, If you you respond at jeff at americaswebradio.com, then I'll know it's something that you uh, want me to respond to uh, over uh, on the show, which I would love to do. I'd love to hear your questions and comments. I'd love to have a call-in show, but that's not possible, so we're doing the best we can here. Now, uh, you can find out more about me on my personal website at www.lucasandcompany.com. Uh, also check out our resources tab at the uh, top of the page there uh, and we have some free download stuff that uh, might interest you. So anyway check us out and give us uh, 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 and, and look at our resources and see if there's anything we can help you with. Uh, all right I just want to say a uh, shout out to uh, all of the people in New York who were with me this morning. We had a two, two hour webinar. Uh, on uh, title insurance and boundaries and uh, if you guys are listening uh, thanks for that show this morning I had a good time I hope you did last week we did two days of um, our four hours on two two hours on two different days of um, 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 a new uh, a new practice model how to affect a paradigm shift in the practice of land surveying so uh, those were good programs, It's a little bit different uh, context, a uh, little bit different uh, forum, uh, doing uh, that kind of stuff uh, on, a, on a webinar or a uh, go-to meeting type of platform. But since doing this radio show, um, now here for about, for about six months, it's uh, become a little bit easier to uh, talk into a microphone without having uh, the people out there to respond to. Now, as as all of you know, uh, I'm always looking forward to having guests on the show, and uh, it's not uh, real easy to line up uh, a lot of guests when you also were you know wor- working full time. But uh, I was fortunate enough today to get uh, a friend of mine to uh, come on the show. Um, and before I introduce him, I'll just say that uh, this this guy is probably. Uh, he's a lot younger than I am. That's for sure. He's a lot uh, he's a lot stouter than I am. That's for sure. But um, he is a he is a, a top notch surveyor, a top notch professional. Um, and I have had the pleasure of working with him uh, on a uh, on a on a project and discussing a lot of other projects uh, over the phone. Uh, we've become uh, uh, I, I consider him a big good friend. Uh, So without any further delay, I'd like to introduce uh, Troy Gardner to you. Troy is um, a Mississippi surveyor. He resides in the Hattiesburg, Mississippi area. He is the uh, owner and operator of Southeast Surveying and Mapping, LLC a land surveying firm specializing in urban and rural boundary surveys, along with topographic design surveys for uh, engineers and architects. And I can imagine Troy is pri- – I'm just guessing – I'm going to ask him this question, though. I'm guessing he's been licensed about 17, 18 years, but we'll find out here in just a minute. Troy, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for being on.
2: Hey, thank you, Jeff. I appreciate you having us. Looking forward to it. So uh, how long, uh, when did you get licensed? I believe it was 2006. I may have to look at the uh, my certificate on the wall there. I think it was 2006. You we were real close. Uh, right at okay. 16 years, 16, 17 years. So, yeah. Yeah. Close. Okay. Well, well very good. Um,
1: listen, uh, I, 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 I love asking my surveyor, my surveyor guest, uh, you know, how did you, just just because the stories are so wide and divergent. Uh, so how did you uh, end up um, becoming interested in uh, going into land surveying as a profession?
2: Uh, so probably, I guess it's back in the 90s, uh, just a few years ago, back in the 90s. Um, yeah, just a few years. Just a couple of years ago, I keep telling myself that. Uh, graduated high school looking at going into I guess a local junior college or community college as they call them now um, trying to figure out you know hey what do I want to do you know like most surveyors like all of us would say hey we love the outdoors we don't mind the elements um, you know that's kind of what drew us to it um, and and I was just like that so looking you know, taking I think I was probably a year or so in college trying to figure out you know hey, what am I going to do what what's this? Uh, degree going to look like, you know, wh- what are my interests, and through some other buddies that were going into, I guess, engineering professions or working in- with surveying companies and whatnot, you know, thought, I said, that's-, that's pretty interesting, you know, and, and kind of researched it, and so got a part-time job while I was in college working for a, a local engineering firm uh, where I live here, uh, and that kind of just got the ball rolling, uh, started doing that. Uh, Part time, summers, holidays, whatnot. Uh, while I was in junior college and then going on to get a four-year degree, so that's kind of how I got into it. And I guess the rest is history, as I said.
1: So uh, I have I've have heard this story now since I've been doing the radio program a couple of times because I've had people come on with uh, you know who went to school and got a um, a degree, geomatics degree, or something closely resembling that, or any or by some. Or by some means, um, allowing them to sit for the uh, surveying exam, and uh, I have heard that you know. Uh, well, I went in not really knowing what to do, and then ended up on a field crew over the summer, and I just uh, I just liked it. I mean, uh, I guess you know, like you said, the outdoors, and it's kind of a different job. You're not sitting behind a desk every day. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I,
2: yeah, that certainly applies to I guess my route. Um, you it. it I started part time, I guess, still just taking some of these basic courses um, at the community college here, and still trying to figure it out and you know realize hey, that it's this very interesting profession. I would like it. They kind of had at the time; it was not a, by no means a degree. They had some basic surveying courses and, and looking into it. Uh, I guess the method or the process of getting licensed in this particular the time, you know, what it would take, and you could have a you know two year degree, associate's so as of arts, plus some. Um, some experience, uh, the apprenticeship route, some kind of a combination of the two. Uh, stuff, well, I stuff I can do that. Um, you know, so sort of looked into just taking what courses I needed to, from a two-year degree standpoint, uh, after i did been working in it for probably a year or so, part-time, and realized I, I liked it. And um, you know, that kind of led to the more so well, and you know, then I was working with an engineer part of the time, in field crew and surveying what did in the in, office in engineering type work but um, so that kind of led to well, if I was, was going to get a four year degree what would I get you know, my four year degree into? so that's kind of what led to uh, me continuing that education at Mississippi State University and um, actually ended up with a, a BS in civil engineering uh, said, you know, I'm going to do something I like this profession, this idea so that's kind of the route I took Okay. Um,
1: have you thought about, you, you got a degree in civil engineering. Have you thought about um, uh, getting licensed
2: as an engineer? Uh, briefly, about 20-something years ago. Uh, that was just <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I, I, that sounds I, about, that sounds
1: about like, me, like me and the lawyers, you know. <laughs> I yeah. briefly thought about really becoming a, an attorney, you know, but uh, that was 20 years ago. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, and no, I love you know I love civil engineering. work hand in hand with a lot of the, the guys around here, and, uh, and you know obviously surveying bleeds over engineering, vice versa. Uh, did it for about a year after I graduated, and was probably a little naive, I guess, to uh, how much I guess surveying I would be doing. I still thought, well, you know, uh, the engineering firms I worked for, we did a lot of surveying, subdivisions, and road work and whatnot, so it was still there, and I thought it. I would be able to partake in a little bit of that. You know, maybe 70-30. 70% engineering, 30% surveying. Obviously, I knew engineering would take precedent. It was really about 95-5. And uh, did it for a year or so. And just realized, you know, that through that time, going through junior college and uh, getting a four-year degree, you know, surveying is really my passion. I kind of had to make that decision, like, what, you yeah. uh, know, what I'm going to go with. Do I want to do what I love or uh, just do it a little bit? So... You know, just kind of started the route of, of pursuing surveying, get his license and that. So I never never got my PE or anything. Um, you know, just strictly went the surveying route. Well, that's
1: that's that's interesting. We we got a couple minutes to the break. That's so all that. I'll I'll add a couple comments in there. Uh, that that kind of mirrors me in law school. I mean, I uh, I went to law school thinking I was going to, you know, uh, get out of surveying and you know go to the big you know the big profession there and you know. Uh, uh, the legal profession, you know, be a, become a, an attorney uh, at law. and um, but, but when I got out of uh, uh, law school and after I passed the bar, I mean, I, I could make a whole lot more money serving than I could, uh, you know, going, going down and taking indigent cases, you know, for the public defender. <laughs> so uh, I had a decision to make, you know, I had to, uh, do, I, do I leave this uh, lucrative stuff I'm doing do I leave this lucrative stuff that I'm doing uh, uh, and 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 try to forge out a, uh, a career as a you know as a lawyer or uh, you know or try to forge out a career as a lawyer? And so I kind of made that decision that you know I can't pass up all this all these projects. I mean, this is early 2000s. I can't pass up these projects and you know go off and be a pauper. But uh, anyway, uh, we're going to pick up uh, on the other side of the break, Troy, and we'll kind of move along with, uh, with uh, what we'd like to get into. Um, so we'll be back right after this, folks.
0: And want to remind everybody that uh, you need to go ahead and order those quick stakes and your markers in that we've got another storm coming our way in the Gulf. And, uh We want to remember all of the folks uh, on the Gulf Coast as uh, they brace for another hit this year. So give uh, Parker Davis Quick Stake a call at 800-438-0387, and we'll be back in just a minute. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for Quickstakes today. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back, folks. This is the Surveyor's Hour on America's Web Radio, and I'm your host, Jeff Lucas, and with me today, I have a good friend of mine, Troy Gardner. He's a surveyor in Mississippi and over in the Hattiesburg area, and we're, we're talking about surveying. So, um... Talk about uh, a little bit about um, just like the business side of things here. You, you, uh, so you became a licensed surveyor, and then uh, I assume that you probably did you. I mean, did you go right into um, uh, gun into opening up your own
2: business when you when you became licensed? No. Uh, I did not. So like I kind of backtracked a little bit. You know, early 2000s decided, you know, that I, I like engineering, but I love the surveying. So that's what I'm going to pursue. Uh, worked for a small uh, surveying firm around here for a few years. Uh, and then actually went back uh, before I got licensed to one of the engineering firms that I worked for for so long, um, part-time in uh, college. And got licensed while I was there. Ended up managing their, their surveying department Um yeah, I guess right around the time I got licensed a little thereafter and did that for four or five years and then I think in I think it was twenty ten, August of twenty ten, so uh almost ten years right at ten years ago now, uh I went out you know, when the economy was so great, you know, in two thousand eight, two thousand ten, I decided to open my own business like a genius. So uh <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm sure anybody that had a business back in those days remembers uh that was they were very lean times. So but uh decided it was it was now or never. So uh, my wife was working and I said if we're gonna do this, you know, it's now or never. So I uh, took the plunge in twenty ten and uh been been hard at it uh, ever since. And you did I mean you did dive
1: off, you know, when the uh, <laughs> when the water was was shallowest, didn't you? Two thousand and ten. I mean my recollection, uh, everything was everything was running swimmingly um, 2000 you know early 2000s 2008 matter of fact some of the two of the biggest projects i, I had and i was a solo by this time uh, but uh, i i left uh, i left an that the last engineering firm i worked for uh, left in like 2001 but uh, so as a solo i mean i was just Everything was going swimmingly. I got the two biggest projects in my and uh, to date in my and in, 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 at that time uh, in my career in 2009, and uh, so things really didn't come crashing down till about 2010, 2011, 2012, uh, I- at least for me. And that's and that's when that's when Troy's out there uh, uh, out there uh, uh, blazing a trail, right? <laughs>
2: that's right. Yeah. Uh, so. 2010 started that, and um, you know I was thinking talking with someone the other day and trying to remember what I did with all the time that I had on my hands. Uh, I can remember in you know, the first couple of months there, uh, just doing one or two surveys uh, for uh, in, in the entire month. Um, you know, because you're getting out there trying to get a name for yourself. Everybody, uh, you know, vying for any survey that comes up. So you know, super competitive because everybody was looking for work and. Uh, everybody was getting laid off and uh, trying to take on any work they could to keep keep the, the ship afloat, so to speak. And so here I was out there. You know, I knew a lot of people, and again, born and raised here. Uh, but still, when there's no work, there's no work. So uh, it was it was an interesting time. So I, uh, my yard probably looked better than it ever had for those two months. So, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, before we got too far away from it, I want to ask you about your experience working for you know an engineering surveying firm. What what do you see in uh, being their survey manager? What did you see as the most challenging aspect of your job um, working for a, you know an, en- an engineering and surveying firm of uh, either you know small, medium, or large? Uh, what was the biggest challenge uh, for you? Uh,
2: you know, it, and it's probably not far off from the challenges that i have now but you know you do you know a lot of these engineering firms they do a large volume of work uh whether it be construction staking or boundary surveying or a lot survey or whatever it is so really just trying to find the time to be thorough enough from job to job you just always feel like you know like can i have you know three more hours on this project or in the field um you know and Still today, finding that balance is, is still difficult. But uh, with an engineering firm, it just seems like it's it's ratcheted up a little bit because it's uh, you know it's a uh, it's a stressful stressful job, engineering is a stressful uh, profession. Um, so you couple that with budgeting and uh, maybe trying to be profitable um, and moving on to the next project, it was just always uh, it seemed to be the biggest challenge. It was just kind of racking for straws. Say, you know, I don't feel good about this. Can we have? You know, we have a little more time on this this survey here, All right? So that that was my biggest challenge. Well, when it comes to you
1: know my experience, when it came to you know like okay, we got it, we got a construction layout project. Okay, that's something quantifiable, right? <laughs> We're going to have so many you know so many linear feet of curb and gutter put in. We're going to have uh, so many catch basins, but yeah, you can quantify it. Uh, topographic survey to a certain extent, you can quantify it. I mean, you know if it's going to be uh, you know how many acres it's going to be. You know uh, how many. You know what, what kind of grid pattern or however it is you're going to you're going to have a game plan for however it is you're going to collect the topographic information. Uh, the only variable will be how bad is it going to be to get across this property? Or are we going to be able to? You know how, how long is it going to take to get lines out or or whatever? But uh, boundary surveying, you know. How do you how do you quantify that? How do you quantify, especially a big boundary survey with lots of corners to go to, section corners, and um, uh, or even possible sub-efficient corners? How do you quantify
2: that? I, I'm waiting on you to write another book about it so I can read it <laughs> and help uh, <laughs> me out. Uh, you know that's that's the mystery. and You try to explain it to people. Um, you know, if you get them, we get them. Every every practicing survey after to get them. Somebody calls. How much is it going to cost to survey this? And you know, you try to tell people. I say, well, the the biggest unknown are your property corners. That's why you're calling me because you don't know where they are, and neither do I sitting from my desk here. And and whether we're going to find them, whether we're going to get issues, uh, ma'am, sir, that's just it's really hard. I can give you a general idea of what the average. Survey of this size and type may cost, but um, I, it is to this day after you know, being licensed for 16, or 17 years, and being in the profession for you know, 20, 24 years, uh, it is the hardest thing. Uh, it's the hardest thing to do. Uh, it's it's you know, quantifying it and put a number to that uh, is as challenging as doing the job itself most of the time. So, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, don't I... I don't have do the <laughs> Oh yeah, I, I
1: know you don't. It was a, actually kind of a yeah. uh, rhetorical question, but uh, the, yeah. the a similarity that I have found is uh, how you know is asking an attorney to uh, give me a lump sum for um, taking this case to trial, you know, and they're doing a trial. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what I, there's. How do you, you can't you can't quantify that stuff, you know, you, you, you can't quantify them unless you want to just give them a big old lump sum and then you know, either you make it at the end or you don't. But I, I guess that was uh, the, the, the genesis or the uh, foundation of the question I asked you about the toughest challenge working for an engineering firm is you can, the engineers can, can quantify a design, okay, they can quantify plans. Uh, they can quantify. You know, what is it going to take to put a subdivision plan together? Um, then they ask the survey department. Well, you know, we need a uh, we need a boundary survey on this. You know, um, two, uh, one thousand acre tract. You know, or uh, you know, so how, how much is that? How much is that boundary survey going to cost? And so. And and it's you know we, we got to get that number low because we want to get this project you know actually and actually we're actually, we're actually bidding on this thing and we want need to get that number low and uh, you know you guys in the survey department y'all aren't as important as we are and you know <laughs> you need to make it cheap <laughs> and then that's what that's where the that's that's where the
2: corners get cut right Yeah, it is it is it's uh, um, kind of using the. Surveying to get the overall project, so to speak. we'll, we'll do this too, so we can get the big picture. And I get it. I mean, you know, got to be profitable, got to pay the bills, but uh, you know, it's, it is not—it's um, not surveying is just not strictly a numbers game. It's a—it's you know, a tool in a toolbox, but it's not a mathematical equation. You can put it in and, and figure a, a drainage calculation, or figure a pipe size, or something like that. You know, there it is. The numbers work. Um, it's not, uh, and that's—you know—that's just one of the ways of the profession right now is, uh, Mm you know, you get browbeat overpriced and uh, trying to figure it out and, you know, at the end of the day, you know, what, you know, this balance of how much time do I need to be thorough and to do it and, and uh, to be professional about it versus, you know, I guess, you know, trying to just get the project. Right. Yeah, they're called. They're called. Uh, the, the common term
1: I heard was they're called loss leaders. The survey project is the loss leader, right? Until um, and until the end of the quarter, when the uh, survey manager gets, you know. Gets uh gets, gets pounded for you know losing money on the boundary survey right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. On the flip side of that coin, what is the best aspect? And we got a couple minutes for the break here. Uh, hopefully, I'm not asking you too much of an okay. open-ended question. But what's the best aspect of being your own, you know, being your own, you know, small business
2: owner? Um, you know, I heard a quote several years ago. Said, owning your own business is great. You get to choose which eighty hours a week you want to work." Uh, (laughs) in the middle of the night you know get up there at 5 a.m. so uh, you know really it it goes back to one of the reasons I I went and decided to go into business for myself because no no discredit knock on the people I'm working for they're great people still great friends with them Um, but just being able to focus uh, on a project solely doing surveying Um, you know if if I want to be uber thorough on something And and it's you know, not as a profitable project, then I can do it. Uh, and, and just having that time to, to really uh, apply to a, a specific project. You know, and like everybody else, uh, 80% of the projects we do are probably pretty standard, no issues. You can go out there and do it and knock it out. Um, but that 20% that's uh, challenging, uh, that gets sticky, that gets ugly, um, you know, knowing at the end of the day uh, I can apply as much time to it as i want until I feel comfortable with making this decision on the boundary uh, since I'm on the hook for it and and you know sending out the door and having that time to be able to do that that's probably uh, i guess the, the biggest thing of, of being in business myself um, yeah. Again, to able to apply.
1: yeah i i know what you're i know what you're talking about i uh i, I felt the same way uh when i was in uh, in business for myself it's a the freedom to freedom to operate all right listen we got to take another break troy will be uh, and folks we'll be back here in a couple minutes
0: quick stakes does your survey supply dealer have quick stakes if not demand that they start carrying quick stakes did you know that quick stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden steak. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Stakes, your bike friendly stake. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B., host of the Locked and Loaded Show on America's Web Radio, Be sure to join us live every Tuesday at 1500 hours for the latest in gun news, gun products, gun politics, and other gun-related stuff. That's Tuesday, 1500 hours, America's Web Radio. 800-438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's q-u-i-k-s-t-a-k-e T-A-K-E.com com and order your samples ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today you're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com thank you for listening
1: Welcome back, folks. This is the Surveyor's Hour on America's Web Radio. Uh, My name's Jeff Lucas, and my guest today here is Troy Gardner from uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, a professional land surveyor. Uh, Troy, I wanted to move on to, I guess, uh, some more more philosophical-type questions about surveying. Um, What, in your mind is the fundamental purpose of licensing surveyors.
2: Uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, I mean, it's what we've talked about and read about before. I mean, it's just protecting the property rights of individuals. Um, you know, what, kind of what sets us apart from you know, these other professions You know, what, while we um, regulate it. Um, why Why does our state why do we have a licensing board why do we have a governing board You know, what does it do is it just to make sure we have a north arrow on our flat um, or is there some other, other bigger picture uh, to keep you know, anybody from run, running out there to you know, find somebody's property corners and I think really understanding the uh, boundary principles doctrines um, you know these, these ideas of surveying that when we're out there marking somebody's boundaries, you know, trying to, um, you know, to help these people understand, you know, their little piece of the American dream, where their boundaries are for their property, you know, what what governs that? What are we doing that's different? I think really, and protecting the property rights of the public, um, you know, informing the property or informing the public of, you know, their rights. I guess that's really kind of to sum it up, more than one statement.
1: Well, do, do you think all surveyors feel that
2: way? No, absolutely not. I, I, I don't know if they feel that way. I think they think, you know, and I was one of them, so I have no problem saying this. I think most surveyors are just ignorant to what their role really is. Um, I think... Uh, you know, not to get ahead or answer other questions you may ask, but, you know, uh, the, the idea, I think there have been bad practices, serve, bad surveying practices are being perpetuated and have been for the last 50, 60 years that really come down to, um, hey, it's just a math issue. Let's go out there, uh, do the math, break down the sections, uh, you know, proration, proportionate measurement, whatever it may be, stick a coin in the ground and say, well, this is what it should have been and you throw all your senses off. And not understanding uh, these ideas of, you know, everybody talks about it. I think in principle they understand, I think, they know what their role is, this idea of following in the footsteps or being the original surveyor. Um, you know, people like to talk about it, but in, you know, it's, it's mostly in theory. In practice, when you get out there and what they doing on the ground, it's, it's far from that. Um, not that that is their intent. I think it just kind of ignorance and, um, and uh, putting profit ahead of, of uh, I guess, the precipice.
1: So you think that's what it is? You think that's the root of it? I mean, what? Why, why is? And I, I'm not disagreeing with you on anything you just said. Okay, um, because I was there myself as well, and I have some, I have some theories on on why it is. Uh, you know, we're, we've been um, um, you know, treated like mushrooms, you know, kept in the dark and fed a bunch of you-know-what. Um, what, what, okay, let's talk about one little aspect of what you just said. So okay. why, why is it that a surveyor would understand the theory but then not execute on the theory and just revert back to math? I mean, what, what's, what's going on there?
2: Yeah, where's the disconnect? Um, <clears throat> yeah, where's the disconnect? It, uh, it, it, well, I guess a, a couple different thoughts. Um, you know, I, I think it comes down to, one, profitability, when you actually get it on the ground. You know, it, it's it's a, it's stickier. Theory is easy to talk about. It's a little stickier when you put it on the ground, because I mean, we know we've all been in situations, you know, uh, all the time where, you know, boundary surveys, it just gets ugly. We get, because of, of some of these bad practices before, us, you get to do you're doing a boundary survey and, you know, you've got, you're, you're trying to tie down a section line and it's it's double or triple monumented on both ends. You've got three potential, you know, quote-unquote section lines um, because, you know, someone is... Um, Done section breakdown based on these monuments they found, and 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 when you get right down to it, what I hear, I guess, try to answer this question, sum it up. Um, it, it's just it's a time issue and it's a, a money issue. Um, people, the pricing work uh, too cheap. I don't think I don't think surveyors. I think they are the worst. They they don't value. They don't see the value in their own work. Uh, and what they do going back to this you know, what is your role uh, what are you ultimately trying to do they don't they don't see the value in uh, correctly establishing a line they may think that's correctly establishing it but at the end of the day hey I priced this uh, based on this math I should be able to run ahead here and do this real quick it didn't work so then it just gets ugly. it snowballs so then they just put something in the ground and, and take off going into the next job I think uh, A lot of surveyors, um, you know, their their business model, I guess I was liking it too, is 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 kind of the the Mexican food of survey. And this is no knock against Mexican food. I really like Mexican food. But it's cheap and it's quick. Uh, And that's their business model. The food, uh, you know, price them cheap and stack them deep, and and let's turn a profit doing that. And they don't allow themselves time to do it. At the end of the day, they think, they're not thorough enough in the field we've all come behind people that you know you find monuments that some other survey didn't find not because you know, were with this you know, high and mighty survey and we're better than everybody else but you know you just spent more time doing it you're like i, I think there's something here so you, you just you did some more deep research and you found uh some descriptions that help you kind of retrace this better you, you spent a little more time just thoroughness in doing it uh, and you, you find these monuments they didn't find. And, and it, again, it goes back to um, you know, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't want to spend the time to do it. They don't have enough money in it. They're not willing to, you know, quote-unquote, lose money on a project, and it's just on the next one, whether it's a surveying crew, an engineering firm, or private practice like you and I. Uh, I, I see it um, in, in, in both sides.
1: Well, you you actually touched on um, one of my theories, uh, actually several of my theories, but one of the theories that I have uh, about uh, why there's such uh, crappy work and just for lack of a better term, crappy work in surveying is, it's it's a multifaceted thing. Surveyors go out there, they're not working under a contract. They're not working under a written contract. (laughs) They've given somebody a lump sum fee. They try to figure out uh, the what can't be figured out uh, in real life. They try to figure out how long is this going to take me to survey this property. And generally they're thinking in terms of how long is it going to take me to go find the, the section corner so I can break this section down again and figure out where the property supposed to be located. And then they get out there and uh, this lump sum fee, it isn't working at all. And uh, they, it, this thing is a lot worse than they thought it was going to be. There's complications. The breakdown of the section doesn't match what's already on the ground, and so they have to. They feel the need to to finish a project, even if it might mean they're being negligent doing it because they're running out of their lump sum fee, and therefore there's just there's just there's just compulsion to. Well, we've got to set these things on the ground so we can wrap this project up and, and like you said move on to the other one which creates a lot of problems for the surveyors coming after them. this is a whole breaking down of sections you know you and i've discussed this on, on many occasions the problem with that is somebody tell me where that's supposed to happen somebody tell me where it's written that you're supposed to break down a section every time you go in the field
2: do you know where, that, where that's written it is, no, it is not. I have, I have yet to find it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, it's a, it's it, actually
1: it, a, a supposed interpretation of the Bureau of Land Management manual uh, that says you break a section down by running um, straight lines between the opposing quarter section corners, but it doesn't say how many times you're supposed to do that.
2: Yeah. Well, and, I mean, it gives you, you know, the same same manual. It gives you... Uh, I guess so, when, if if you want to get down to it, when, if this corner is lost or obliterated. You know, and I've talked to guys that, you know, um, surveying well, you know, they did it wrong 50 years ago. Even though there's, monuments at either end of this fence or no monuments are either end of this fence, we're going to come over here and, yeah, there's a fence there, it's long-standing possession, uh, but we broke down the section, found some pipes and pins that... um, you know, our, our section corners or something. And we we break down the section, and so we're we're rerunning this core line here, you know, seven feet over from this fence. Uh, yes, yeah. you know,
1: rerun rerunning, uh, not re, not retracing. The the key word is but, we are rerunning it. We're relocating re- this line, not retracing this
2: line. <laughs> Correct. Right. Not question it, So in in doing that, if you feel like you're doing what this the BLM manual says. Well, then you're skipping one section. So you're, you're telling me this corner is not just obliterated, but it's lost. But there's no evidence on the face of this earth as to where this line was run and marked way before you ever showed up. And apparently the world has been holding its breath, waiting on you to get here to tell us for the, first <laughs> time, the first time has been marked. for seven feet from a fence. It, it's been there 75 years. How did it even get there? Did you ask the question, well, it's just a fence. I'm like, no, that's a monument. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Right. <laughs>
1: I love the way you put that. The world has been has been waiting breathlessly for you to show up. <laughs> Holding its breath for you to show up. Oh, that's that's great. Yeah, you know, uh I had Milton, uh, Danny, you know Milton, don't you? I do, yeah. Have you ever you ever met Milton? He's been, been a mission. He's been to Mississippi, right? Yeah, I'm sure he has. Yeah. And I was talking to him last week about one of, about this same kind of a problem. And you know, the 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 solution one solution is, is how how we get it to happen. I don't know, but uh, is standardized contracts uh, for conducting boundary surveying so that we can get everybody on the same. We're all going to have to do the same thing. In order to um, in order to call this thing a boundary survey, the the architects have a standardized contract. Somehow, all the architects use the the AIA contract form. Uh, you know, it's standardized. They're all doing the same exact thing. They're they're subbing the same way, and uh, the same thing can happen on the boundary surveying uh, with a standardized contract. We're all going to do the same thing. And then uh, uh, contingency clauses. You know, you, you get out there and it ain't. It's not what you think it is, and it, there's there's so much more that has to be done. You know, you, you pull your contingency clause, and uh, you tell your client, "Look, uh, this isn't what we thought it was going to be," and so, you know, we're gonna need we're gonna need more money uh, to to finish this thing out. And if the client says no, then. You terminate. Uh, you got a termination clause. You terminate. When you terminate, you send a bill for what you've done to date. You you may or may not get paid. I mean, a contract and a termination clause do not do not mean you're going to get paid. But you know, without a contract, you're guaranteed that you will not be paid if you pull off that project. Yeah. Therefore, as things are operating right now. We're working without written contracts. Uh, there are no contingency fees, uh, no conti- chance for contingencies on the fees. There are no termination clauses, and so the, the surveyors feel like they they have to put something in the ground so they can send an invoice, and so they end up basically uh, the term I, I use is they slap the math on the ground to just you know and leave chaos in their wake in some instances. Yeah,
2: you know it's. Um Kind of to, to sum it up, I mean, cutting my losses was one of the hardest things <laughs> that I had to learn how to do, you know, walking away from something, you know, with, with contract or verbal agreement or whatever, if you get into something, um, you know, uh, contracts certainly help, but uh, contingency calls and whatnot, you know, walking away from one, uh, knowing, because right. it's, it's better to, uh, like I said, cut your losses than, than right. this whole even So yeah. All right. All, All right. Well, we're coming up on a we're coming up on our last
1: break, uh, folks, and, and Troy, and we'll be back with our last segment. We'll see what else we can talk about. All right.
0: Quick stakes. Does your survey supply dealer have quick stakes? If not, demand that they start carrying quick stakes. Did you know that quick stakes are better for your back than your local chiropractor? Lightweight and easier to use than the old heavy wooden stake. Order a sample today and prove it to yourself. Quick Steaks, your back-friendly steak. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you
2: do, join us on The Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m.
0: 800-438-0387 or go to quickstake.com that's q-u-i-k-s-t-a-k-e dot com and order your samples ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today you're listening to america's web radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com dot com thank you for listening <clears throat>
1: Welcome back, folks. This is Jeff Lucas. This is the Surveyor's Hour on America's Web Radio. Remember, send your comments and questions to Jeff at americaswebradio.com. You can find out more about me on my website at www.lucasandcompany.com. Love to hear from you. Love to uh, answer some of your questions and comments uh, on the air next week. So send them in. All right. Again, my uh, my guest today is Troy Gardner, uh, Mississippi land surveyor, good friend of mine, a great surveyor, uh, and we're uh, discussing uh, a few things here about surveying, which we've been doing for the last quarter of hour or last in our last segment here. Uh, Troy, let me ask you um, something, and it's, it wasn't on the question and answer sheet, but at the break, you, you kind of brought it up. Um, the The two primary policing mechanisms for any profession are board action for bad practice and litigation uh, to correct bad practitioners. Now, that works pretty well uh, in the medical profession. You amputate the wrong leg in the medical profession, and there will be... Board, that, that's considered bad practice. I don't know if you know that or not, but in the medical profession, uh, if you amputate the wrong leg, that's considered to be bad form. That, that's going to that's blow some standard somewhere, okay? And not only that, there, you'll have board action, but not only that, the, the patient's going to try to sue you into the Stone Age. So there's board action and litigation. How well do you think those work as policing mechanisms in the land surveying profession? And why? Why? Why do they work, or do they not work?
2: Great question. Um, and, and I can speak from a, from a only from a Mississippi standpoint. Um, you know, I'm solely licensed in Mississippi. Uh, so, the first one, I mean, uh, is litigation. We read the cases. We we see where somebody gets a survey, somebody gets a frozen survey to go to court, and and you know, typically, I guess, you hope know, someone is. Correct and doing this, not kind of what what wins the day. Um, in Mississippi, the problem with this litigation uh, that we're the poorest state in the nation with some of the, the cheapest property values in the nation. Now, that's a bad combination. Uh, makes it difficult to practice, uh, but it also um, you know people don't have the money to take it to litigation uh, and property values. Are that's cheap, so that's all- that's. That's universal by the way. Not a whole lot of people
1: have a whole lot of money just hanging around that they can spend on litigation against the surveyor, just by the way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well and it which makes sense because it's expensive to you know, litigate anything. So that and coupled with cheap, you know, or low property values, if you try to tell somebody, look, I mean the, the way this guy establishes his focus, you know, your, your forty acre track or whatever, whatever size acre track you're off probably you would be off an acre or more. I've seen it multiple acres uh discrepancies and how people establish boundaries um but they say well at the end of the day i paid fifteen hundred dollars an acre for it but you're telling me if i'm off two acres your survey's still going to cost more than that uh, i'm not going to worry about it you shake their hand and say well thanks for calling me and you move on to the next project um so but the other thing is with the board you know uh, our, our board website states a lot of this about, hey, what is the role of survey? Protecting the property rights of the public. Uh, so we're, we're regulated by the state This principles and, and practice. And again, it kind of goes back to that in theory idea. Uh, but really, we're not. We're not regulated. I can't think of the last time or if there was been a time where anybody in our state has been called before the board because of just a, a heinous, Methodology of how they establish the boundary and and cause uh, you know just turmoil between two landowners. Uh, well, that's not that's
1: not that's not isolated to Mississippi. Let me just go ahead and tell you that right now. That's oh, so that a little is little. also universal. Okay.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you know, uh, I guess to answer your question, that's you know, so the two things we have going for us. Um, you know, again, I know you can't call the board every time you get a, a sticky survey, you know, like, what do I do, you know, and make this, but that goes back to the, to the ignorant issue of, um, you know, understanding our role and taking time, you know, continuing education helps, but it doesn't come close to fixing the problem uh, of bringing people up to speed, you know, on, on the idea of what we're trying to do. So, you know, to answer your question, I mean, you know, litigation probably does a better job than the record. From our state, and that's no not. I know our guys, several guys on our licensing board, um, and they do a good job. But again, there's there's nothing really in place with the licensing board yet to say, uh, hey, you know, get, going back to your amputation idea, you know, you you amputated the wrong leg, but uh, you know, uh, the way you did, your stitches were flawless. You did the surgery it was great. Right. It was impeccable, even though you did the wrong leg. You, know, you amputated really the lo- wrong leg but you did it with precision. <laughs> yeah, so, it was so we're not gonna do anything to you. And that's kind of that's, that's where surveying is with our boards and stuff. It's like yeah. Uh, yeah, this is bogus, uh, but you've got your north area, your bar scale, uh, the class of survey, when you all the, the minimum standard right. checklist, it's all they're on spot. So
1: You uh, did the stitches just fine and it's all closed so yeah. you got a tight closure. Uh, yeah. Oh, you emptied the wrong leg? Well, you know, hey, that's for somebody else to determine. You know, that's that's not what we're all about. And the, you, you right. said litigation works pretty well, but the problem with the litigation is that it's not the, generally the litigation is between the two landowners and the surveyor who caused a train wreck walks away.
2: Yeah, yeah, there's no accountability. You're you're exactly right. There ends up being no accountability for the surveyor who caused the problem to begin with. Well, uh, well we only have – go ahead, go ahead. Well, so even in the, the main county that I do, that I live in, do, you know, the majority of my work yeah. um, in, I've, I've seen cases where a surveyor was involved and a judge went with it, and it could not have been farther from the correct way of doing anything, and it was a, the end result, like you said, was just an even bigger train wreck, um, but there was one surveyor involved, the uh, the. The defendant never even showed up to court, so they went with <laughs> went with the plaintiff, and you know he was the only one with the surveys. That's kind of what they ruled on, and, and went on. And it's a disaster what happened. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so, and then that surveyor know. walked away. Then
1: that surveyor walked away, saying, "I was exonerated in court." So uh, was that's exactly. the way. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, with all of these train wrecks caused by surveyors, with all of this chaos. And you've seen it. We've talked about it personally over the phone together about this chaos, the breaking sections down when there's no when there's there's no call for it at all. There's it is not written that you should break the section down every time you go into a second. Matter of fact, it's against what the BLM manual actually says. Yet you could turn somebody in the board. they broke a section down. Where's that's not written anywhere. You you can't do that. And nothing will happen at the board level, okay? So with all of this train wreck uh, and carnage taking place, uh, being uh, caused by the land surveying profession, I want to ask you a question. It might be our last one. We only have about five minutes here. GIS versus survey. Can the two survive together, or will GIS just simply eventually take over?
2: Yeah, I think they can survive together. Um, you know, I, I, where I live, the University of Southern Mississippi. I've taken uh, some of the GIS courses there. Um, you know, it, it is should be another tool. We could use we use it daily, regardless. The general public uses it all the time. Well, hold up, hold up Troy. Let me
1: let me let me preface that question better. That was too open ended. Let me get you focused. Um. When a GIS... You know, in today's uh, politically charged environment, nobody cares what the truth is anymore. The only thing anybody cares about is the perception of the truth. When it is perceived by the public because of all this chaos and carnage the surveyors are causing on the ground, and a GIS map done in a computer is as good as a survey, then it will be. And there's... Instead of chaos... There's generally order on that GIS map, and they got they got aerial they got aerial photography. When with, when everybody thinks that a GIS map is as good as a survey, then where where do we stand?
2: I think we get the short end of um, the I think back, you did a few years ago. I uh, <laughs> the unauthorized practice of surveying. I think you did on with the Vis-a-Line. Um Yeah, line, Yeah. Yeah, and I've had first-hand experience uh, with that, um, you know, where my work was called into question because of that, and it's a, you know, it's a GIS platform. Um, so I, I guess, ultimately, I'm thinking if, if all a is going to do is send everybody to court anyway, because that's what we, what happens You know, when, when they show up and they start moving boundary lines and send, you know, why why not just bypass us totally um, and go to something like this and let a judge just make the final call? Um, as I was, I guess, the, if you look at the grim end result of, of if we keep down this track that we're on, I, I, yeah, I would say GIS probably overtakes uh, at the end of the day because it's, it's quick, it's cheap, You give somebody something that's pretty mapped, you know, can be overlaid on an aerial image. Um, you know, we don't like where it is, and you take it, and the judge is just going to kind of make a enforce a, a boundary line agreement of sorts. Uh, would be, you know, I guess, the, the worst-case scenario. Um, well, I, you know, yeah,
1: produ- producing okay. a GIS map is, is pennies on the dollar uh, com- uh, com- yeah. uh, compared to uh, you know dirt space location that, that we're doing. And if so, yeah. if all the surveyors can do is break sections down in dirt space, how much easier can that be done in paper space?
2: Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's yes. <laughs> That's the scary part. I mean, you don't want to really answer that, you know. Or I don't. And yeah, I, I hear you did. that You weren't wanting to answer that question. <laughs> for sure. I don't want to say. I don't want to say. Survey will be obsolete in another ten, fifteen, twenty years if we keep this out. Um, but you know, again, we just talk about it. We don't feel like it's it's not regulated from a board level. Um. Uh, some degree, where the surveyors are getting off scot-free from the litigation level, for the most part, you know they're not getting held accountable. Um, they're not getting sued for negligence after they have caused some uh, boundary dispute of sorts uh, because of bad practice or methodology. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, you'll be you'll be done away with that. Coupled with um, the fact that I think I read something the other day that the average age of the surveyor in the United States is fifty-five. Uh, yeah, the I was told, I think in 2019, Mississippi was net zero for adding to life hey, surveys. Sorry,
1: is- sorry, sorry, Troy, we're out of time. I'm sorry. I should have given you more warning on that. But thanks a lot, Troy, for being on. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you later, yeah, okay?
0: Thank you. Enjoy. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.